Welcome to Arts Alive, focusing on the working artists of California's Central Coast. I'm your host, Brian Asher Alhadif. In our studios today is DePreece Brescia, owner of DePreece Brescia Art Gallery in Paso Robles, California. She is a visual and performing artist, author, member of SAG-AFTRA, and founder of Guerrilla Theater in Los Angeles, California. Welcome, DePreece. It's so wonderful to have you in the studios this morning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your exciting journey here on the Central Coast as an artist. Well, actually, it's been it's been a really interesting uh, journey. I've transitioned from performing artist into visual artist, or I should say back into visual artist, and I absolutely love it here. I think the Central Coast has the energy for an artist to be incredibly creative. Um, and I have gone from art films into digital art and photography into palette knife painting into encaustic sculpted paintings, um, installation art. And now we're working on a public art installation uh, that is a transition of our Veterans Voices project called Wings of Change. Oh, that sounds very exciting. Let me ask you, under normal circumstances, what did you find the medium that you gravitate towards uh, mostly from your heart? Is it painting? Is it sculpture? Um, if I, you're on a desert island and God says, I'm going to give you one medium to focus on for two weeks. <laughs> That's a little <laughs> tough. I would say sculpted paintings are definitely something that I have a passion for. But when it comes to art, it's like you fall in love with what you're doing at that time. Mm -hmm. And you fall in love with it. Whatever it is that inspires you, it's like love. It, it takes you. You don't take it. You can make choices and you can do certain things. But what stirs your heart is what stirs your heart. And at the moment, it happens to be the butterflies. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> exciting. And sort of piggybacking on that idea, tell us a little bit about how you managed to improve the quality of your creative work. So as an artist, as you're, you've grown uh, over the years of in these different mediums, how do you know you're improving or how do you measure that feeling of growth? Well, you just, I mean, you just, the more you do something, the better you're going to get. The more that you push the edges of the envelope, you try new things. As an artist, you learn the rules of different mediums and then you break them. And then you find out which ones you actually can break and how to do it. And then you find out which rules you probably should keep. But unless you keep pushing yourself, you know, that's where I think like the growth comes in. And then just being fearless, being fearless in your work. There's so many people in life, not just as artists, that are fearful, that are afraid to make mistakes or afraid to fall down or afraid to um, not do it perfect. And I think once you kind of push that aside and you, you fail forward fast, I'm sure you've heard that term before. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really what is important. And before you know it, all of a sudden, you're going to look back at the things that you thought were so fabulous and you'll go, oh, whoa, whoa, maybe I could have done that a little bit different. And then you can tell how much growth you've made. And, and sort of on that lines, it just leads me right to my next question that I'm really excited to ask you, because up until our interview, I've pretty much only spoken with performing musicians to a, a variety of performing musicians. But this one I'm really excited about. When do you know your art is ready to share with the public? <laughs> That's interesting. Again, I think... Well, for me personally, it's like a relationship. And when I say that, like, I will create a piece of art and then I kind of, I need to be with it. 
so and when I say that I literally need to be with it, I need to sit with it, I need to feel it, I need to see what it wants to say. And it's kind of like it's like taking a little bit of quiet time with it and then it tells me what it wants. I don't tell it. And then it'll say, No, 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 you need this, this is what I need right here and then I'll see it. So it's like this interesting kind of vibe that you feel. And then I will go ahead and do it. And then I will sit there and commune with it again. And and then it kind of, it tells me. (laughs) I want to just point out that is a fascinating answer for me to hear as a performing musician from an artist. And I want to encourage all of our musicians out there to replay, uh, fast forward back the past 25, 40 seconds of Dupreece's response and apply that to how you envision when your work is ready as a musician. Because I'm going to think about that. I'm going to put that into a piece of paper and stamp that right where that one I took down last night is going to go. That is great advice. Thank you so much, Dupreece. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how you go about selecting the, the kind of art you're going to be focusing on. So right now you're talking, you spoke a little bit about the Veterans yeah. uh, Project with Butterflies. How did that come about? How did you decide to, to, to focus in that direction? Okay, so in general, I basically, when I'm in nature, when I'm quiet, when I'm meditating, when I have a little bit of peace, I get inspirations or I have dreams, like literally a dream. And if I have a dream more than once about something, whether it's an art project or a statement or something I feel like I need to express, then I take a a closer look. And what had happened is, so the Veterans Voice is an art project that I created four years ago. It's in its fourth year. It started off as a project through the Paso Robles Art Association, which I was the vice president for. And it was a way for us to reach out to veterans and to help them um, improve the quality of their life and their mental health through the arts. And so it started out as a month-long exhibition with different workshops and classes that helped Um, introduce art into the lives of people that maybe didn't have it or maybe they had it but they could express themselves and so for two years it went on like that and we increased the classes that we offered and all kinds of stuff but when last year in 2020 the venue canceled the exhibition because of COVID and it was like okay now we need to pivot so I put everything online and we did a virtual show but you know what I had so many people saying it's not the same I I feel disconnected. I want to see people. I want to feel something. I'm tired of looking at my computer screen. I don't want to do Zoom. I don't want like that. So I dreamt, what if we took it outdoors? What if we did it totally different? What if it was about butterflies and it was a metaphor for what we're going through in 2020? Like everybody's gone into their cocoon and they're in their little chrysalis and they're making their changes and they're probably fixing their homes and maybe they need something different. And then they reemerge as a butterfly. And I thought, oh, my God, that's perfect. And so then I thought, is this really crazy? And then I dreamt about it again. And I thought, "Okay, no, it's not. And so even though it may sound crazy, that's my personal gauge is I ask my higher self and I get an answer if you want to say from God, which I do believe. Um has an interesting way of talking to us and tapping us. And usually it's kind of quiet. It's like usually the quietest voice that's kind of going on in the head or in the back or wherever it is that you kind of notice it. And so then I put it out there for a few of my veteran friends and 
they were like, oh, I think that's pretty awesome. And then it just kind of caught wildfire. So right now it starts on the corner of 10th and Pine and there is um, a huge structure that has all kinds of butterflies hanging from it. And the only the only stipulation that they have, they can do any butterfly, any size. They can do tiny, tiny to big, big. They have to write something positive on the wings of the butterfly. I'm over. I don't want to hear any more negativity. This is where we're going. We're going, go big or go home, and you're going to say something good. And it can be as simple as a word like love. Like if you look at that big, there's a big giant monarch that sits on the patio. It's seven, eight feet tall, and it's lit up at nighttime, and the wings move, and you can go do selfies with it and become a part of the Facebook uh, photo album. It's a way of reminding us that we're all in this together. And I'm looking at this picture right here. It's a beautiful, uh, vibrant monarch butterfly. It's a night shot with, you can tell that it's been, that it's lit and it's quite large. Are you indicating this, this can be uh, seen at the 829 10th Street in Paso Robles? Yes. That's, and that's your studio as well. So it's right outside of your studio. That's my, yeah, that's actually a working studio and an art gallery. Oh, wow. So that, that's something that, uh, especially in these times when we're all looking for something to do to maybe take a little drive to 829 10th Street in Paso Robles that's the front of Dupreece's studio and it's this just amazing sculpture and then just a few blocks away is this butterfly collage that you're talking about as well right well it's it's actually it's a interactive art installation so it's always changing there are new butterflies that are being added to it and like I said butterflies start as little as maybe three or four inches uh-huh. and they go up to this eight foot one there are four foot butterflies hanging from the trees it wraps around the corner on 10th down through Pine Street into the patio space where we have outdoor painting and it's lit up it looks like Disneyland so coming <laughs> back to that original question about uh, your process in selecting rep- If I'm hearing correctly, a lot of your creative energies comes from meditation, spirituality, and the actual the actual activity of dreaming. Yeah, like you, it's that's how it comes into me. So, but I'll be inspired by like world events. There, I know that you had previously asked a question about that. You know, when we had all the school shootings, um, I felt incredibly moved to do an art installation that was called Pray for Peace. And uh, it was a collection of 184 lunchbox lunchbox pieces that hang in mobiles. And each one has a picture, an image of a gun, and the statistics of that school shooting. And the whole idea about this was to show how much gun violence had changed in this century in the first and I did this like in 2016 so in the first 16 years we had a 500 percent increase in that kind of uh, violence and on the back of every single one I had pray for peace and you are familiar with my work but those of those people out there listening who are not I'm a huge fan of Dr. Masura Emoto who's a Japanese scientist that proved that our words have an impact on water and therefore our bodies, which we are 80% water, and the entire planet that we're all a part of. So there is a group that prays on the 11th of every month on the waters of the world because they know that it can help shift the vibration in the water and affect and impact every single person. So that's why part of the reason that I incorporate words and positivity and prayer and different things into the work. I have like a spiritual and scientific 
you know, uh, desire or craving or attraction to mixing that into my artwork. And, you know, then I also do other things like I'm inspired by a great artist like Gustav Klimt. And you can see there is a picture of a painting that I did that was the sunflowers and that was inspired by his work. Uh, so I, it, it isn't, I'm, I'm not the kind of artist that does just one thing and I don't like to kind of be pigeonholed. And if you really look at my life and even where I came from before, you know, doing the visual arts and having my own gallery here and, and doing that, I, I was all over the place, meaning, you know, I have a, a degree in dance and theater arts. So I used to choreograph and same thing. I would listen to my music at night before I would go to sleep and then I would dream about the dance and then I would get up and I would go to the dance studio and I would mark everything and then I would write down my choreography. Uh -huh. So I realized that for me, going to the other side is super beneficial and obviously it kind of crosses over into whatever artistic expression that I'm uh, that I'm doing. No, that's, that's really fascinating and, and just hearing how clear you are in your process sort of inspires me to think about on a deeper level, what is it that I do that I have to, how, what is my process for presenting art? And in thinking about that, I want to encourage all of our artist listeners and teachers out there to take a moment sometime, maybe in your drive home or while you're eating lunch, to really think about what is your process behind what inspires the creativity that you bring about to the world? Because Dupreece, you're really clear and you ha about what that is, and it's a very unusual, unique process from what we've heard so far. Mm -hmm. But it's just as applicable to what I do as a conductor, as is what some of our other guests do as choreographers, as pianists. It's very fascinating. And it sounds as though culture, society, and historical context is constantly alive in your, in your creative process. That's, that's an influencer, right? Yeah. You know, like when I'm inspired, like Monet is an artist that I absolutely love. I've done like a ton of water lilies. And uh, when I, I look not just at the physical location, but I think about what an artist's life must have been like way back in the day before we had all these modern conveniences. Like now, you know, I, you know that I do a lot of encaustic, which is the work with the hot wax. It's the mm -hmm. beeswax and Demar resin. And I think about you know, you have 2,000-year-old paintings that are sitting in the Met. And when I would go there and look at it when, when we could travel more freely, um, I would think about how different it must have been. Now, you know, you can plug your electrical stuff into sockets and you have your waxes all melted nicely. Imagine what that was like back then. Yeah, not to you mention, you can just that. open up an iPad and let me see what this guy did over in uh, in Italy. But what was happening in but 1580 yeah. when Michelangelo was on his back looking 15 feet high? You know? Right. And your neck is hurting and you're doing all this, you know, stuff. So, like, physically, how much how how much it has changed and how different it is physically for your own human body. And coming, you know, as an actor, studying acting for well over 10, 15 years in Los Angeles, you look at human behavior and you think about what that must have done. Like, at least I do. So when I look at other artists, that's what I think about. I think about all that stuff. And then I see how it influences me. And I, you know, I feel for a lot of these artists that, you know, in their lifetime, nobody ever, they were, they were very discarded. And now they're like worshiped and praised. And it, it's amazing, like, if they could come back and see the impact that they had, you know, I think that would be um, 
it would probably be really healing for their soul. Dupreece, you had a very vivid and expansive life as a, a performing artist in film and television. Were your visual artist activities as they are now, were they active at this time or did this come about at a different Yes, but differently. No, I don't have, I did not have the time to give to that kind of art, you know, but acting and theater, that's art. And it's a different kind of art. So some of the painting and the drawing and stuff, that was, that was more like a stress relief sometimes. Or like, let's say I'm working on a character and I'm reading a script and I'm trying to think, why would I say this? Okay, I I get the choices that every other actor is going to make for these why what motivates this dialogue um but what if there's something different what if i can deliver this differently what if i have a different life underneath all of that and so you kind of you're filling this but you know when you think a lot and sometimes you need to kind of shut it off because then the answer is going to come to you so that's when i would turn to my visual arts Mm -hmm. that's when i would turn to sketching and doodling and you know what people now call zentangle and the different things that where you are occupying that part of your brain that kind of interferes and blocks some of the answers sometimes do you know what i mean sure sure yeah sometimes people do video games for that same reason Mm -hmm. they they keep that occupied it allows them to get the left brain over here and out of the way, and then all of a sudden they de-stress, they yeah, stop. Yeah, I've had that experience a few times. I've been recently studying uh, Sleeping Beauty, the ballet, and sometimes I just have to turn on Halo and go through a few missions to get me back. I'm just kidding a little bit. Really? You never know. <laughs> I wouldn't knock it, you know. You'd be amazed. I know people think it's funny, some of yeah. the things that artists do, but right, right. I think... When you share the truth about what you do, even though it's very different, mm-hmm. it gives other people permission to find their own way because there's no there's no right or wrong way. It's just a way that you find that works for you. Yeah. And what I'm saying and what my wish for young people is to follow your heart because the truth is that your heart is never going to lie to you. Your heart is never going to lie to you. It is going. It is the bridge between your upper spiritual self and your ground and the earth. And that's where the real decisions, that's where the best decisions come from. People think, oh, you should do this because it's so logical and it's left brain. And no, you should think about those things, but you should listen to your heart because it's going to steer you in the right direction. And as an artist, if you don't have heart, you can tell the artists that don't have heart because it doesn't come out in their work. Right. And right on those lines, this program is geared towards teachers and students studying in distance presently. What can we what would you what is your message to these students as a as a working professional on the Central Coast? You're an artist earning a living as an artist. What would you say to a young person that is having a wonderful synergy as an artist, but not quite too sure if they if they're buying into this as a career option? Well, I don't think that it is a career option for everybody. It's, you know, some people like the stability of having a regular job where you get a paycheck every week or two weeks or whatever it is, or you get a salary. When you're an artist, you don't have that luxury. You're out there pounding the pavement. You figure out how to make it work. You do what you do. You become more resourceful and you work very hard at that. And then sometimes you'll be blessed. So If you don't like to really push it and you're not absolutely in love with it, I would suggest something else. 
But if it is a burning passion in you and you think you could not live unless you did this, that's when you know that it's right for you. And that doesn't mean that you can't have art in your life if you're not if you're not in love with it. There's lots of wonderful things that people use their artistic skills for in in the home, in the decoration of the home, in um, in the display of all kinds of stuff in in cooking, in uh, gardening. There's I mean, there's a million different ways that people can use artistic skills. And just because you don't make a living at it doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. You know, there's a ton of things that I do that I don't make a living at that I just do because I love them. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's finding out where in the spectrum or where on the spectrum your love of art is and be okay with that and embrace it. Dupreece, in the course of our conversation, you've mentioned art installation several times. What is that and how is an art installation an active part of you? Um, well, it happens to be something that I really like. Um, some of the site-specific art installations, there is a pyramid uh, that is built in a space. Um, I think I mentioned earlier. And uh, was that the pyramid that I saw in your studio yes. that you suggest? And that was a, a, a let me just talk a little bit about that because me, I, I'm sort of the this your average Joe that would have walked in and experienced this with no concept of of spirituality and, and religion in in uh, visual arts. I mean, in my whole world, I can see that in music. But when I came into your studio, I really, I truly feel like a, st- a tourist when I walk into anybody's studio. Mm-hmm. So I remember this was a very vivid. It was white was a prominent color, yeah. uh, sh- shiny. It was sparkly. There was part of the the wax work, and there were a lot of stones involved in that. And I remember you inviting my wife to get inside of the pyramid for an energy experience. Yeah. Okay, so just for everybody that's out there, um, this is actually a physical, it's a physical art installation. It doesn't hang on the wall. It's an eight-foot-tall pyramid, and it has a cap on the top that is made, it's sealed in acrylic and painted in a white color, but it is actually made of jade, quartz crystal, um, kyanite, uh, black and blue kyanite, citrine, and white marble. And so the pyramid has a solid cap, and you can get inside the pyramid. There are quartz crystal that run up the corners of this pyramid, and it's built at a 72-degree angle. Now, this goes back to um, what I like to call transformational energy art. That is art that has the power and the energy to transform energy in a space. So I had read the research about this 72 degree angle pyramid and all of the benefits the health benefits that it had they started using these in chernobyl to rejuvenate the soil where all the radiation had like damaged and they couldn't grow anything and so then they started realizing the bigger they built them the energy field coming out of the pyramid was notable by the military and so they were exposed so they i read about all this stuff and i thought wow this is super cool what if i made a pyramid the same angle, but I amplified it with quartz crystal. So I decided to do that, and I thought, okay, that's a really crazy idea. That's a big, long project that I'll be working on that doesn't really make any money. Like, with who the hell's going to take a pyramid? What are you going to do with that, right? So I wrote a grant, and I got awarded the grant, and I thought, <laughs> I guess I'm going to make a pyramid. Mm-hmm. So I made the pyramid. <laughs> and then I put it out there and I talked to someone at the first annual peace conference and Mary Ubersack said, oh, please bring it to Earth Tones and let's present it here. 
And so then it was at Earth Tones for a while, and then I had it in my own uh, gallery for a bit. And it wasn't until I got the new studio space that now it has its own room. But there, there's more to just looking at this pyramid. It's an activity. You have to somehow. It's interactive. How, yes. How do you how do you engage in the pyramid and actually experience? the healing properties so anybody can get into the pyramid it's actually big enough and there's like you know foam uh, what do you call it memory foam and it's like got pillows and you can sit in it you can meditate you can lay down you can fall asleep you can zone out you can do whatever you want you can check your ipad you can do whatever you want inside the pyramid some people feel the energy of it some people uh don't but I will say this, I have had a lot of people get in that pyramid and say, my back hurts, I have a headache, I have this, I have that. And they come out an hour later, an hour and a half later, and guess what? They're not feeling it anymore. How, how is that pyramid, uh, have you had an experience in the pyramid? Yeah. And tell us a little bit about, if you can walk me through this. Yeah. What is it like, you look at the pyramid, you've gone into the pyramid, you had an experience, what was that experience about? Tell, tell us about that. Well... I could start to feel the energy just when I was building the pyramid. So like literally, I could actually feel the energy of the pyramid and I would, I'm like a really high energy person. I'm like, go, go bigger, go home, go a hundred miles an hour and then I drop. And the pyramid had this really great way of just kind of like chilling me out a little bit, which is, you know, I don't want to blow out my adrenals like, you know, right? right? And it just, it was like really relaxing. And I thought, well, this is interesting. So I started asking people what their different experiences were. I have had headaches and body aches and different things. And I'll go lay in the pyramid and then I'll come out in an hour and I'll feel better. So obviously there's a disclaimer here that I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not saying it heals. But I'm telling you as an artist, mm -hmm. I have taken what I have found as scientific research and uh, art and merged them together. And that's what fascinates me. I find that stuff absolutely amazing. And where does this pyramid live now? <laughs> it has its own room. Um, you can come visit it at the at the art gallery, oh, at the Dupree's Brescia Art Gallery. Oh, that's wonderful. And again, uh -huh. that's 829 10th Street in Paso Robles. I think I'd like to try and experience the pyramid uh, to see what happens. Uh, worst comes to worst, maybe I can bring some old lotto tickets and get some inspiration. For you the should, <laughs> you sassy one. Listen, your wife has gotten in that pyramid and she yeah. loves it. Okay. So maybe you should speak with her about that. And I, I take it it's COVID safe? It's totally COVID safe. <laughs> you get clean. You get clean. Uh, well, first of all, if you read the research also right. about the survival rate of tissue exposed to viruses and bacteria um, after being inside the pyramid, it's a 70% increase in survival rate. Wow. Tell me about it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I go charge up in there every day. <laughs> and do you do you actually meditate when you're in the pyramid? I mean, you, you mentioned I mentioned some people just sit there and see what happens. But yeah. someone who's like totally in it like you you created the pyramid what is your process when you when you go to the it pyramid? depends sometimes i go in there sometimes i go in there with a friend and we just sit in there and just chill mm -hmm. and then sometimes we'll meditate on something like if we want to bring something in like said say you want to bring or you could call it prayer or whatever you can meditate on that inside the pyramid and you'll get some pretty um interesting results Dupreece, tell us a little bit about your grid project. Okay. So 
I basically have a collection of planetary grids, and I have done them in both the encaustic medium and in acrylic. What is a planetary um, grid? Okay, a planetary grid is a formation of stones in a certain formation that brings in different energetic properties. Okay, so the sun medicine circle is one of them. Um, there is a giant white grid in the pyramid room. We call it the serenity room. And this is the sun medicine circle, and it's actually in quartz crystal. And it has an energetic, a measurable property about it. And when I say that, like people will come and they do with dowsing rods and different tools to measure the energy of these things. They measure the planetary grids. They also have measured the pyramid. I'm like, knock yourself out. I, you know, I'm just telling you what my process is. You can measure it with any tools that you want, and you can tell me what you find. You know, as an artist, I find that highly fascinating to do it. And I have tons of people that come in and do both of those things. They either feel it and then they ask about it or they come in and ask if they can measure it. And, and I say, uh, how, yeah. do they, how do these look? Are they are they paintings? Are they yeah. are they uh, mixed media uh, platforms? Or? They are paintings that hang on the wall. They're 24 by 36. And there are four of them or five of them that are in there. There is one for the planet Mars and it's done in ruby. So there's actual rubies that are in the artwork and they're in the planetary layout or they call it an array for Mars. And what some people do that are really big into stones, um, they will grid, they will actually make a grid formation and they'll have a person lay down. They'll either grid them like on top of them and allow that energy to come into them uh, or they'll lay the grid and they'll sit in the middle of it. And they'll receive those energetic properties. And it's pretty interesting. But so, your, your pieces, though, they are uh, in, a, in sort of a, the, the medium of something you'd hang on a wall, right? You, yes. So my theory was that what if I took the same grid that people would meditate in and I put it into the artwork? Then someone could take their picture and put it in the pocket right behind it and receive the energy of that. Then they could have that healing energy in their space and people will resonate with certain pieces it's amazing so like the They'll, actual like your actual like i take a picture of you with a camera yeah and then i put that in the pocket behind the artwork yeah and then your art your your grid somehow magnifies the energy of that yeah, person exactly uh-huh wow exactly it 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 amplifies the energy of the grid with those stones, and whatever is by it is going to receive it. So in a, in a perfect world where this works at your highest level of expectation, give us an example of what would happen. Is it, what is this a trick question? No, you mean, know I, I can't say some of these things, no, right? No, I mean, but I mean, like, let's say I, I go into your studio. I, yeah. I, I I feel a connection to this grid, and then, I, I want to, and I buy it from you. Okay, so I take it, and first you're going to probably tell me what room I need to put this in in the house somewhere. It probably has to go somewhere. And then why would I put someone's picture in okay. it, and what would happen? So let me explain how it's different. I every single person will come in. Well, the people that come in and are gravitating towards a piece of artwork, they will gravitate towards one. There's a little write-up right next to it that talks about what the energy of that grid is. Sometimes people go, oh, my God, oh, my God. I go, oh, wow, this is so me. And they, they feel it resonates. So then I say, okay, do you want to read the rest of it? Then I pull out the book where I got the information from. And Melody, Love is in the Earth is where I get most of my stuff. And I'll let them peruse it. I've had people go bananas and, like, 
go through and read this and then they realize they're either working on something in their life that energetically this lines up with and so they've been drawn to this because maybe they need to hold that energy like let's say somebody is having a hard time um, being more expressive or more creative they might be attracted to a piece that helps hold that kind of energy and so until they open up that energy center which would be right here, maybe they need a little help. And maybe that's why they would be attracted to that. Somebody who's struggling with addiction might be attracted to, there's a self-love grid that is all about self-love. So they may resonate with that and they don't understand what the reasoning is. But then when they start to read what that grid is about, they go, oh my God, that is totally me. I need that. Mm. And where someone places it, that's a personal thing. And this is where I'm not a guru, okay? People need to find that voice inside of themselves and listen to that and trust it. And that's where each person has to take personal responsibility for making your own sacred space wherever it is so you can commune with the God inside of you. And then you'll know where you want to place it. You know, some people are like clear. They go, Dupreece, I want, I want the ankh. They wanted somebody. I created an ankh for someone in Washington um, who wanted to make a little altar in an area that the onk is for love it is for it's a planetary grid for venus the planet venus and you know what the onk looks like they used it a lot in egypt and it's beautiful and he had a specific place that he wanted it but he wanted more love in his life and requested this because he understood that it's a, it's like in feng shui you know which i have used in art as well i find that really fascinating the art of placement the idea of clearing things out of space to allow energy to come in. Like, think about all these um, interesting tools that different cultures have to give that are really beneficial and incorporate them. Wonderful. Uh, what a great manifestation of our show title, Arts Alive. Thank you so much to Priest Brescia for being with us in the studios today. I'm really excited to see your inspiration come alive at your studios, 829 10th Street in Paso Robles, California. What are your hours of operation? We are open Thursday through Monday, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday by appointment. We open every day at 12 o'clock. Night till nine o'clock on Friday and Saturday, and six o'clock the other nights. And if we call the telephone and someone answers, yeah. is it usually you? Um, it will usually be me. A lot of times I'm with people, so it'll go to voicemail. But if you leave a message, I am more than happy to get back with you. Wonderful. Thank you again, Dupreece Brescia, for being with us in the studios today. And we're excited to learn more. Thank you. If you found this content insightful, please subscribe and review on your preferred podcast platform. Funded by the Arts Collaborative, this podcast was produced on-site at the studios of the San Luis Obispo County Office of Education. For more information, visit us at www.slocoarts.org. That's S-L-O-C-O-E-A-R-T-S dot org. <laughs>